Hi, I'm Leela. And I'm Beth. And we are Both And, a podcast dedicated to giving a voice to the multiracial experience in America by discussing relevant topics in a safe space. Happy Multiracial Monday, everyone. Happy Monday, listeners. Today, we are talking about relevant topics, the cultural what's hap, hip hap. That's not a word. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Don't know where you're going with that. (laughs) I was trying to find a cool phrase. Beth, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about Black History Month. We're talking about what's going on in Virginia, folks. Black History Month in Virginia. Beth, how has it been? (laughs) Terrible. Virginia is probably at the bottom of the totem pole, which is saying something. (laughs) Yes. So we were both born and raised in Virginia. Mm -hmm. And so we have personal ties to Virginia. Yep. And watching everything go down has been troubling. (laughs) For our listeners who do not live in the United States or in Virginia, for those of you who haven't seen the SNL skit yet, um, some of the main issues have been Virginia's governor. It was recently revealed that he was featured in his medical school yearbook um, wearing blackface while mm. being standing pictured next to somebody in KKK garb. And then Which is wild. <laughs> what was it? One of the attorney generals or someone else high up in Virginia's state legislature was also admitted mm-hmm. to wearing, wearing blackface. blackface. Yep. And then recently it came out that a school in Ashburn, Virginia, decided to play, quote, runaway slave during gym time, Mm. like a couple Mm. weeks ago. So let's start there. Let's start with Ashburn, (laughs) because that feels like the easiest to be like, that was 100% wrong. Poor foresight. What was anyone thinking? (sighs) So basically what happened was... Uh, third through fifth graders were in gym class together and they were divided into groups. It was supposed to be an underground railroad game and children were forced to play slaves and complete obstacle courses in order to escape as runaway slaves during class. Once that got out, it was revealed that that was not an approved curriculum game for Mm. physical education. Mm -hmm. Surprise to no one. Wow. (laughs) And so then the principal issued a formal apology um, saying that the lesson was culturally insensitive to students and families and they were apologizing to the school and the community. But yeah, that's just... Guys, I get it. Slavery ended 154 years ago. But you know what? Still too soon. We're still dealing with the ramifications of it. Jim Crow only ended 54 years ago. So no. Let's just take the racist games off the table. And I can't even see how that is an educational game, Mm -mm. like showing people about slavery. Like, why would anyone want to recreate a game about, like, the Underground Railroad? Yeah. That's a hard enough topic as it is, Mm -hmm. but how people had to escape enslavement and died? Mm -hmm. That's not a fun gym game. No. Um, And so I think that was just the shock factor in it to me is, like, how... Did anyone think that was okay? Mm-hmm. How, how could anyone even think if that was funny? I can't even tell if they were like trying to be lighthearted mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, It's just so blatantly clear to me that that's inappropriate. Yeah. And that crosses lots of boundaries, especially 
in an elementary school because yeah. these are young impressionable kids Mm-mm. who still are subject to authority like if these were high schoolers i could see high schoolers advocating for themselves or mm-hmm. calling attention to it like something would have been trending on twitter yeah <laughs> for sure but <laughs> during class hours but like third fourth and fifth graders like they're so young still yeah and impressionable and mm-hmm. i think the way slavery has been taught has been a whitewashed version or a a squeaky clean version of slavery and i i know there is a value to that like you don't want to traumatize children too early but there also needs to be a recognition of the intensity i guess Mm -hmm. of that time period or like the the long lasting effects of it if you're going to use that as a teaching tool i'm not a teacher but to me this seems like lazy teaching I did work as I was a after school professional for mm-hmm. like a year. That's right. And I did see a lot of lazy stuff happening <laughs> then. Like really, unless you're a stand up comedian and even then it's tricky. You got to be a really good stand up comedian. <laughs> Let's not make light of terrible situations like that we're still all dealing with because there's just no point to it in my mind. Like what is the point? <laughs> Why? Well, address the pain don't try to alleviate the pain by acting like it's not a big deal yeah and i like what the local chapter of the naacp said pastor thomas who gave a quote said there are three things that really jump out to me willful ignorance Mm. white privilege or intentional racism and those are scary thoughts and i think that's what's so discouraging to me is that people in power are still abusing that power Mm -hmm. or misusing it yeah um so the willful willful ignorance or the intentional racism like both sides of the spectrum i think are dangerous Mm -hmm. especially when children are involved and that just it disheartens me yeah and those are scary thoughts but they're Mm. not uncommon thoughts no unless you're like not on facebook which i know you're not (laughs) i'm not because of things like this yeah i see that crap all the time on both sides like and we all have the potential to fall into it Mm -hmm. as well willful ignorance is a warm blanket to cuddle up in (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you don't have to do any work you don't have to encounter anything you just keep living your life with your opinions yeah. as loud as you want them to be i think a lot of that's happening right now yeah and maybe it always has on top of that that poor elementary school group of kids um our governor our elected governor was found um featured in the yearbook mm-hmm. wearing blackface standing next to a person in kkk garb um and now there was back and forth On one hand, Governor Northam said, hey, that was me. I'm sorry. And then he went back and said, wait, no, that wasn't me. But that still was the school that I went to. And that was my class. Um, So it's unclear. But in my mind, whether or not um, he admitted to it or not, like he still apologized and admitted it was racist and wrong. Yeah. And that's what I think. There's so much around this. I'm exhausted by this story, but I'm not exhausted by it because of Ralph S. Northam. Like, <laughs> I am... Wait, there's a lot in that. What are you exhausted by in terms of the conversation? I, okay. So, m- might even need to back it up further than that. <laughs> that was the big, the, the big topic is I am exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> but let's start with... I am exhausted with rapid judgment mob mentality lack of due process how fast the news cycle 
works and political motivation. Wow, that is a lot. <laughs> okay, so context for our listeners. A controversial thing about Northam is he's a Democrat. His background is he is a doctor and was a children's doctor and is very pro-choice. And some pro-life political people groups Mm -hmm. decided to leak this story after a certain pro-choice movement was announced. Yeah. And I actually I read um, that it was actually it was some of his classmates. So his pro-life classmates who had the photo Mm -hmm. were holding on to it and gave it to a conservative right wing far right said the article I read far right wing um, website to release the photo. So first and foremost, I just need to say across the board, blackface is not cool. No. We do not condone blackface. We don't condone what blackface stood for back in the day. Any way, shape, or form, not even in, like, not in this day, Mm -mm. not in the 30s, Mm -mm. not in the resurgence in the 60s and 70s. It's not cool. No. Don't do it. Now, with that being said, I know there are people who did not realize, even now, that blackface wasn't cool. Mm -hmm. And I honestly cannot imagine that. Growing up, I grew up in a very diverse environment. And just, like, looking at it and being like, that's not tasteful as a child or Mm -hmm. a teen. But I, like, in my own experience, I have a friend who had friends recently, like, Mm -hmm. dressing up in blackface to go as rappers for Halloween recently within the past five years oh my gosh had no one to tell them hey guys that's not cool because of the circles and bubbles they were in everybody should know now (laughs) this has been a national conversation yeah so for context Leela can you explain the history of blackface back in the 1930s yes so the little that I know is that blackface came about because actors the American public the white American public did not want to hire black people to serve in any type of role on stage they Mm -hmm. didn't want them in their art they didn't want them performing so what they did was you have these minstrel minstrels minstrel which sounds weird to me (laughs) (laughs) minstrel shows uh where white actors would put grease paint on their face and probably terrible for their skin yeah like that's how you know something is super racist you're not even making the color (laughs) for black people to wear like y'all don't even have the makeup the for the theater come on um but they would put the grease paint on and be a stereotype Mm -hmm. of black people they didn't have any exposure to black people so Mm -hmm. they were just making up these like crazy well they didn't have exposure to the african-american community as equals yeah and it was a lot of it at least what i read started in the north and then like trickled. Oh, okay so then yeah even then yeah. it wasn't a lot and it's very minimizing mm-hmm. very discriminatory very mm-hmm. um that's where a lot of the images that we see in media currently or like in the past i would say like three decades of like black people are thugs or like they're trying to take our women or this and that like started there Mm -hmm. started in those shows and then just grew but yeah so it started with these minstrel shows and grew from there and at the time black people did not have 
the ability to speak up and say like hey that's not cool because one they weren't in those spaces they weren't welcomed into those spaces they weren't being hired but even as recent as 1978 1978 mm-hmm. on national television there was a show called the black and white minstrels show oh my gosh six years before northam did what he did with his blackface six six years before Wow. Like, same time period. So when people say, like, look, it wasn't a thing. We didn't know. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I agree. Like, you didn't know. But, like, that's due to your own ignorance. Like, you didn't have the internet the way we have the internet. Or you weren't listening to your neighbors the way we're now listening to our neighbors. So. In my mind. And so a lot of people were like, hey, that was the 80s. That was 40 years ago. It was a different time. And. I think what frustrates me about that is how it's a lot of white guilt Mm -hmm. clouding the hurt and the insensitivity of it. Mm -hmm. And so I understand it was a different time back then. And I'm not saying like, oh my gosh, like burn Ralph Northam at the stake. Mm -hmm. No, you know, like that he is a product of a culture that has a system of oppression that he was raised in and he is now in a position of power where if he truly can learn from his mistake he can use that to advocate Mm -hmm. and to inform people like the school in ashburn um, the naacp is going to get involved and do implicit bias training for the staff and like work with them and so um this school they did something terrible Mm -hmm. i hope people are being disciplined appropriately Um, Because there should be natural consequences to actions. Again, we shouldn't just like hurt people because we are hurt, whether that's the African-American community itself or allies or loved ones or the children. But there should be natural consequences for actions. I think they should be disciplined um, and trained. Right. So I love the aspect of training in the Ashburn case, the Ashburn school case, because it's, hey, you're going to be disciplined and we're going to teach you why it was wrong and how to not do it again because there's not just intervention there's also future preventative actions and so in northam's case like it's it's hard when somebody is that high up to discipline them but if there was like some sort of training or information as to say like hey when you dress up like rappers for halloween and you're an entire group of white people and you're just going to use stereotypes that's hurtful right it's like like i was watching a uh an old pink panther movie with one of my friends one time Mm -hmm. and the whole time and so apparently the detective lives with detective clouseau lives with a chinese man and so he calls him Chinaman the entire time. And he's this entire stereotype of this subservient Asian man who doesn't speak English well and who is kind of a, an idiot, but like a lovable, like like a loyal dog kind of a thing. And he's just like, oh, you stupid Chinaman. And like every time I heard that, like I kind of winced, but I wasn't mad at the movie because I was like, you know, back then they didn't know that. But like if I saw that in a movie today, now that we do know that's hurtful, I would be upset. Um, and so I think it's a matter of saying like, yeah, it was a different time back then, but that can't be an excuse not to learn from it and not to discuss why it is wrong because it was still wrong back then. But again, there's that ignorance. Just don't let it be willful ignorance because you're embarrassed or you're ashamed. Like that just means, you know, it was wrong. So don't cover it up. Don't run from it, like embrace it and learn from it. And that takes a lot of strength. I know that's not 
an easy thing I'm asking of people. It was wrong then. Mm-hmm. It is wrong now. Yeah. Slavery was wrong then. Mm-hmm. Slavery is wrong now. Yep. Like, these are very easy moral things to be like, that is wrong. But how we then, res- like, go forward, I personally don't think the same outrage can be had in this situation specifically. I'm not going to say for all situations. Um, and you know what, too? Just I wanted to hit on the point. Like, if there are people who still are like, I don't understand why blackface is wrong, pick up a book, go on the internet, Google it. Reach out to us. We don't mind sending resources. The information is out there. Mm-hmm. So, step one, blackface. Wrong, not good. Because it's degrading and minimizing to an entire people group. Yeah. I wanted to say something along the lines of, because when people are like, well, I'm not being racist when I do it. I'm just, like, representing. But it's like, because blackface has such racist, uh, a racist history, you can't wear a hood as a KKK knight. And be like, I'm not being racist. I'm just dressing up. That's not, no. The history mm-hmm. of it, it, its origin is racist. That would be like somebody in, like a German citizen dressing up as a German Nazi. It's so polarizing and it's so visceral over there mm-hmm. that like, I mean, we've talked about it on previous episodes. Like the reaction that the crowd had at that football aka soccer game Mm -hmm. in germany when somebody did the heil hitler hand sign the entire stadium was like no like get him out of here like that was a terrible period in our history and we're not going to do that like like cultural context is important Mm -hmm. and if you don't know the cultural context that's okay Mm -hmm. like i don't want to shame someone for being innocently ignorant i would rather educate and converse as an ally um, but it's the willful ignorance. And so when people say it was a different time back then, sometimes I get frustrated by that because I think it's an excuse um, to be to remain willfully ignorant. Fun fact, in my Beth's personal opinion, I think colorblindness is a mask for willful ignorance. Oh. And that might be controversial, but I think that's how some of these kinds of things do slip through the cracks, right? Like, mm-hmm. blackface is wrong because... People were boxing out African-Americans from opportunities to get income, to move up Mm -hmm. in society, to be, to interact with people of different races. Mm -hmm. And so then when people today, whether in the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, or the 2010s, right, say that like, oh, I'm just like representing the African-American community, and I'm not African-American, so I don't want to speak for anyone. But as someone who's not African-American, I would not dress up as an African-American mm-hmm. because they don't need this multiracial chick representing them mm-hmm. when I don't have any racial ties. Like there are plenty of great representatives within their own community yeah. that that's not my role. Mm-hmm. I am a guest in that community mm-hmm. and I would like to be a respectful guest. Yeah. And I think the fact that people who aren't African-American feel the need or the desire to represent a community that's not theirs is still the same as minstrels back in the day representing a people group that wasn't allowed to do it for themselves yeah let people as we have said tell their own stories Mm. with their own voice yep and listen that's simple do that we say it's simple but (laughs) it's so hard for some people it's a simple principle but it's a (laughs) difficult application at times yeah and going back to just 
with all of this, so like why I'm exhausted and upset and all these things, that group or those students, whoever, the classmates that released the photo, truly don't care about blackface. No. Because they released it as it was like a bullet in the chamber. They were waiting. It was a political attack. Yeah. It wasn't a, a goodwill for the African American community. Absolutely not. And looking into Ralph Northam's like history, um, he has been in politics since two thousand eight when he became part of the Virginia Senate. Comparatively so, that's not very long. Yeah, oh ab- yeah, absolutely not. But like to know that people were waiting like, we are waiting mm-hmm. for something that we don't like so we can use this as a weapon to attack this man. I That pisses me off more than anything else because it just because sh- it sh- truly shows you do not care about mm-hmm. this issue. That's not productive for society. <sighs> it's frustrating. So, mo- like, so, let's, so, Ralph Northam came out. We had all this stuff going down. The picture is disgusting. It shouldn't have happened. He apologizes. And then in the aftermath of that, and it's mere hours. I'm yep. Like, we're in the, everything moves so rapidly. You have people from all different political spectrums mm-hmm. coming at him, telling him to resign. Yep. Uh, uh, people in our state, outside of our state, 2020 presidential candidates. Mm-hmm. Oh, our president, some of y'all's president, said what Ralph Northam did was unforgivable. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> If that's not... <laughs> He's one to talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, gosh. I think that... Oh, I'm trying to be so kind in my words, but I was mad because there is this mob mentality that runs ahead of due process, which I get because we are coming out of a couple of years where... People are dying in the streets from yeah. these shootings. Yeah. And facts are, we know now that facts were getting uh, misconstrued or being made up completely. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a, a, there's a healthy amount of skepticism when it comes to the law. I think it's good to hold the justice system to account. Yes. But the justice system is in place for a reason. Yes. We have due process for a reason. Yeah. Before he even had a chance to apologize, people were calling for him to resign. You went from zero to 100 so fast. America, for what? Uh, America does it all the time. It's not just Northam. Yeah. Like, um, uh, politicians on both sides of the aisle. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, my personal opinion is that sometimes it seems like American politics in the social media arena feels like modern day French Revolution. Now granted, hot takes with Beth. <laughs> um, now granted, thankfully, that doesn't spill over into actual due process all the time. But it's very like off with their heads. Um, let, let's take these people in power down. Lots of voices, lots of opinions, lots of mob mentalities on the social internet. And so sometimes like it just reminds me of that, that kind of anarchy yeah. of like, we're tired of all these systems. And like, yes, there are systems of oppression that need to be removed and replaced. Mm-hmm. But again, if we just like topple it, then it's going to be anarchy and then other people are going to get hurt. And so I agree with you when sometimes the mob mentality on the social internet gets ahead of due process. And it's sad when it does leak out of the social internet and actually affect certain systems. But 
you know, we do live in an age of instant gratification and sometimes we also want instant healing Mm. from these kinds of hurts. As somebody who's currently in a healing process, I know that doesn't work. That's not a thing. Mm -mm. It's false. It's a farce of real healing. And just to go back to touch on something you said, like when people respond so violently and so Mm -hmm. quickly to and aggressively, I'll even say to these types of situations, they're not responding against the system. They're singling out the individual thinking that's going to change the system when it doesn't because changing the system, it's like it's turning the boat around. It is a long process and it's a boring process. It's voting, it's advocating, it's learning, it's speaking up. It's getting (laughs) to know people who are different from you. Yes, it's not a tweet, uh, a call for resignation. It's not all these things that I, at least it could be some of these things, but it's not all these things. It's not only those things. Yeah. And even I'm nervous when we post this episode because it'll be, hello, it's March and it's Monday. Um, Are we done? Like, did everybody, like, go through Northam so fast, like, we're not talking about it anymore? Mm. Did people move on? No possibility. It's interesting. So, my husband works in the legal field, and he was recently at an event with judges and lawyers and law students in Virginia, and it was a it was a good event. It was like a professional development event, and um, there was a presentation on implicit bias mm-hmm. in the legal system. And a judge and some lawyers and some law students presented on implicit bias and how it affects the legal field. And a judge from Virginia was saying, "I go to work every day, and I see the Virginia seal on the building and in my courtroom, and I am proud to sit below the Virginia seal." or at least I was up until a couple weeks ago because before I was really proud at how I was seeking to uphold values that I believed in. Mm -hmm. And then now the Virginia, this Commonwealth state that I love so much Mm -hmm. has been so disappointing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's bad when your state is the one being talked about on SNL. Dude, (laughs) Part of me, my first reaction as I was listening to that was like, a few weeks, sir? Did you not remember when Charlottesville happened? <laughs> like, that was that was a, a, many a months ago. Right? You weren't disappointed in the system then? Yeah. Because everybody knew it was coming. And so, stopped. as a multiracial person, I guess sometimes I don't know how to respond to these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Because I see things from multiple perspectives. I see people who didn't choose to be raised Mm -hmm. in white privilege or in systems of oppression Mm -hmm. with false viewpoints that were um, one-sided. I see people who were raised in less diverse circumstances. You and I have a really good friend who was raised in the South who grew up in a smaller town in the deep South. Um, Good education, Mm -hmm. you know, very stereotypical southern upbringing. But then when she learned about new things, she didn't shy away from them like she pressed in. And then she became an ally and an advocate for her friends. And I I really respect that. Mm -hmm. But then I see people who don't do that. And so as someone who has white privilege, Mm -hmm. who can pass as white, but who grew up in a diverse place, like it's hard for me to know how to bridge build in these circumstances when I see like shame and embarrassment on one side. Mm -hmm. And then just hurt on the other side, yeah. you know? And I'm like, where is my place 
as an ally, as a multiracial person who has a unique perspective and who can empathize with both sides and understand the history of both sides, how do I speak up without stepping out of turn or speaking out of turn? And I think for me as a multiracial, this is where I feel at least a little bit empowered because I'm like, I am not white passing anymore, (laughs) (laughs) if I ever was. But as somebody who does have like skin in this game if you will i feel like i can my first i can call out is what i was gonna say because mm-hmm. my first inclination ralph northam has already been called out mm-hmm. everybody's talked about it he's mm-hmm. apologized he has started a racial reconciliation tour praise god like my instinct is that we need to bri- build bridges and through yeah. that whatever this conversation is like keep it going I am totally against anybody in any like in any race realm position that is trying to solve the problem by shutting it down, you know, by like yeah. not talking about it or just by sweeping it under the rug. Yeah. Um. Or even people who are like, ah, well, blackface. It's not. A, why are we so offended? You're out. We're not talking about you. <laughs> like, but. I'm just, I'm thinking of all these leaders who came forth, and I, you didn't do anything productive by calling for his resignation. You didn't say anything new. You didn't do anything productive by calling for his resignation. And I am upset. Feels right, but it also feels still so strong. Hold on. Weary? I, yeah. I am weary about the lack of grace. I'm weary about the lack of forgiveness. To say that this is an unforgivable thing is completely false. Well, that's because not everyone operates from the worldview that there is redemption and that people can be redeemed because not everyone believes that people can change. And as a therapist, I do not believe that. (laughs) Like my whole job is to help people change and become better versions of themselves through their own self-searching and skill building and healing because like i can't make people change but but even if like people people are from my worldview we have brokenness we have flaws yeah everybody has flaws yeah everybody has missteps everybody Mm -hmm. has these mistakes that they made and in that you have the opportunity to learn to grow to build to teach to be better so the fact that we're like we need our politicians, which is so such a crazy off idea, with their heads yeah, to be these like completely moral individuals with no failings, with no missteps, is ignorant. Is like simplified. Is not possible. No. Like, and I think I'm getting sick of this this worldview where we look at the past and we try to diminish the bad, bad that was done because in that failing. In those moral failings, in that evil, I would even say, in some, in the history of our nation, we have the ability to grow, to change, to do better. And when we close ourselves off to it, when we shut our eyes to it, we're, we're walking around blind. We're not growing. We're not going to advance ever. So I think I'm just sick of that. Mm. And I'm... <laughs> I'm saddened that Ralph Northam like was going to go to Virginia Union University for a racial reconciliation talk and they told him not to come. I get it because it's a really hot topic right now and you like don't want your like that to be the focus of this mm-hmm. event. But like are you kidding me? 
He was coming for racial reconciliation. How are you going to reconcile anything if you're only talking to people who look the same as you, believe the same as you, and won't listen to anybody else? It's madness. Well, that's because not everyone wants allies, and not everyone wants to reconcile. But I think the problem there is when we make role models or political figures or people in power idols. And I use that word specifically because, like, when we make people idols, we expect them to be perfect and we expect them to satisfy all of our wants, needs, and desires. And no single individual is capable of doing that. Everyone is flawed. Everyone makes mistakes. So the best role models are people who make mistakes and then show you how to learn and grow from them and not make them again. Um, But we don't lend that grace or expect that kind of humanness from our idols, from our politicians, from our celebrities. And so I think from all of this, what we can take away is that Virginia needs to do better. Virginia needs to honestly... I understand why people don't want Ralph Northam to come speak because I think a racial reconciliation tour, if it's just a lot of speeches, that's just kind of like a political rally. And I don't see how that's productive because people can talk the talk. But like, what about implicit bias training? What if he goes through that? Something from the NAACP. What if he partners with different organizations that have more authority Mm -hmm. on those racial groups? and partner with them rather than just taking his entourage and like going to speak at different things. Like people need to see more actions and more partnering Mm -hmm. um, because politicians talk all the time. And so with politicians talk is cheap. Um, But in terms of the community, I would like to encourage multiracial people out there to keep, keep being an ally, like keep Mm -hmm. having these kinds of conversations as wearisome as they are. Mm They're good for self-reflection. They're good for learning and hearing people out. Like, learn people's stories. Everybody has a story. Um, If that's anything I've learned as a human being, like, not even just a therapist, just a human being, like, everyone has a story. And everyone's story is different. Um, There are common themes in people's story, but, like, you can't tell someone's story for them, like we always say. And the best way to grow as a person is to get to know people who are different from you. And that is, we're not just, I understand this is a multiracial podcast. Mm -hmm. We're not just saying, hey, white people, get to know minority people's stories. We're saying everybody, whatever your race, whatever you Mm -hmm. identify as, get to know people's stories who are different than you. Different social classes, different racial groups, different educational backgrounds, religions. Like, that's the best way to expand your worldview, to think, to really think solidify what you think and believe Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's why diversity is important Mm -hmm. because yes it does um diversity is important because it helps us grow as people just to nerd out like research shows that people develop deeper levels of thought when exposed to different situations and so you can grow intellectually by involving yourself with different people mm-hmm. or different experiences than yourselves. Shoot, like even just reading things about people, like I think that's how I developed empathy as a child, is like reading lots of different kinds of fiction books. Because yeah. I learned that like different characters had different perspectives and personalities. Mm-hmm. And so like shoot as an adult you can do that too. I'm not saying read kids books, but like like learn. <laughs> learn about different things that don't affect you but about affect other people in your lives because that's how we're going to grow from these situations like the Ashburn Elementary School or 
Ralph Northam. Yeah, and everyone makes mistakes. And it's if you don't want people to hold your mistakes against you, if you've learned and grown from them, be open about that. Like, be vulnerable in that. And know, I know not everybody's going to accept it, and Mm-mm. not everybody's going to be kind about it. Mm-mm. But, like, I love what Ralph Northam said in his apology. And he said, this behavior is not in keeping with who I am today and the values I have fought for throughout my career in the military and in medicine and in public service. Just that alone, like who I am today is not who I was. And that's true for all of us. We're constantly growing and changing. So like if you're trying to better yourself, like baby, keep at it. Keep doing it. So we don't have a specific question for you this week. But we wanted to create a safe space for people to come and join in this conversation because Leela and I have talked to a lot of different people of different backgrounds. We've taken our own advice. We've gotten lots of different viewpoints, but like, shoot, that doesn't mean we've gotten all of them already. So like, please give us your thoughts. Help us widen our perspectives um, and join in this conversation. 